What's up, Fantasy World? It's your favorite hot take producer, Fire Spitter, Frank Scandero. And today I joined Tim on the Full 10 Yards podcast. We talk all about Dynasty. Hope you enjoy it. Y'all have a good day. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. How are you all doing? Football is here, baby. I am pumped. Pre-season week one is just around the corner. It is draft season. It is football. It is that time of year, folks. I'm more than pumped. I bet you guys are all too. Welcome in. Welcome back to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. I am your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you with us. Great show in front of us today. We will be joined by, as the self-proclaimed fire spitter, hard take procrastinator, it is Frank Scanduro. And we're going to be talking all about fantasy football and dynasty leagues. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And he also has some Premier League hot takes for you. Obviously, it's the start of the season, uh, Premier League season here too but a bit before that uh, some bits to get through today um, and then we'll have the part the interview with Frank and at the end we'll give you just a bit of insight in what is coming up on the podcast over the next couple of weeks a couple of things that we will be doing and how you can get involved in all of that too so let's start from the top I say pre-season is here and that also means hard knocks is here and obviously this year it is the Browns um, I think the first episode is already out for those that have Game Pass. I think it's on Sky on Friday evening. It uh, should be quite interesting. From from what I saw of the trailer, it's just essentially an all or nothing uh, kind of in-season equivalent, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, very much looking forward to that. I'll be probably firing that up over the weekend. Um, I did actually find it was quite interesting on the trailer. Obviously, there's a bit of a slogan there saying about the, um, the, the Browns helmet. They were taking the stripes off and then on the over... The the narration was like it was Hugh Jackson saying something about you know the stri- the stripes aren't given to you they're earned and I just thought that was pretty ironic and it's a bit of an oxymoron because let's face it Hugh Jackson hasn't really earned his stripes to be quite honest uh, if he has done the counterfeit ones from from Asia um, so that's probably where he's got his from uh, on the back uh, keeping it up with the Browns Corey Coleman uh, has been traded to the Buffalo Bills for a 2020 seventh rounder which we all know is pretty much as useful uh, or as worthless as a chocolate teapot. So pretty much that saying Corey Coleman was going to be cut, but they managed to get you know a, a dust, a, a furball for, for him to go over there. It would be quite interesting actually to see what Corey Coleman does over in Buffalo. Again, you know, if you look at the stats and where he's been over the, the couple, last couple of years and you know, his short tenure in the, in the NFL, hasn't had the greatest of quarterbacks thrown to him hasn't had obviously the greatest luck with with injuries but he's certainly one that um is probably a candidate that's been written off that could potentially shine i know buffalo's not the greatest of spots for him but he's not going to have any competition um kelvin benjamin obviously is the other wide receiver there and obviously he took a shot at slice shot at cam newton uh, of carolina asked you know saying basically caroline was a bad fit for him and 
you know, if he had an, an, an accurate quarterback uh, throwing him the ball, he would have been a lot more successful. But um, yeah, obviously uh, Sean McDermott kind of put water on that fire. So yeah, I mean, with Corey Coleman being traded, that now means that all of uh, the Browns' 2009 to 2015 first-round draft picks are are no longer there. They've either all been traded or they've been cut. And you know, the roll call of Trent Richardson, uh, Danny Shelton, Brandon Whedon, and uh, of course Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. None, no, no first-round picks are no longer at the Browns. Talking of Johnny Manziel, I don't know if any of you guys saw his debut for the um, the Alouettes. Uh, last week, I managed to catch a bit of it. My God, what a horror show that was. The, the Montreal Alouettes facing the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They got absolutely walloped. But uh, Johnny Menzel was 11 of 20, no touchdowns and four interceptions for, I think it was just over 100 yards, 104 yards, if my memory serves me correctly. And he got benched. And my God, I saw the first probably couple of minutes of that game and it was awful. Um, the first the first interception wasn't really his fault. Uh, sorry, the first one was his fault. The second one wasn't. Obviously, hit a a helmet, popped up, and then what what have you. Um, and by the time he was on on the field throwing his his next inception, uh, they were 21, 21 nil down. Um, blocked punt, returned for a touchdown. Obviously, inception set them up in good field position on on one touchdown, and then you know yeah, it was it was damage limitation at that point. But he actually went as far as getting benched. So. The only way he's up for Johnny Football, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that was taken taken in the mid rounds, middle of the first round, about you know, a couple of years ago. He's still only in his mid twenties, um, which I it seems like again he's been around for quite a while. But um, yeah, so there we go. It's all happening in the Browns. Actually, the one one thing I did see on the Browns trailer for for Hard Knocks was uh, Jarvis Landry. Oh, it's been quite well well publicised about what his his chat was with the wide receiver core, obviously calling them all out, saying that they've got to step up their game. And Todd Haley, again, is another storyline where he's trying to undermine Hugh Jackson a little bit, saying that, um, you know, people get veteran days off for no reason and, you know, none of that stuff would have gone on at the Steelers. But um, stat of the day for you, uh, New England Patriots are 71-19 and 19 since 2003 against AFC East opponents. Now, whilst you might think that uh, compared to the rest of the league, uh, that would be quite uh, high in percentage. But in fact, they are 118-32 and 32 against the rest of the league, which is pretty much the same percentage. Um, so it's not only the perceived weak AFC East that the Patriots beat up on, it is the whole of the league. Moving on, we like I say, we our main segment today is we're being joined by Frank Scanduro, and that's uh, at Frank underscore Scanduro. He is a writer for the F3 podcast, so I very much recommend you check out their podcast and hit their articles on there too. But we are going to get right into it. Okay, it's time to talk Dynasty. I'm looking forward to this one and absolutely delighted to say that we've been joined by Frank Scandoro uh, of the F3 Pod. You may recognise the F3 Pod from last week where we had Sam Lane on, so I'm w- happy to welcome on one of his colleagues. How, Frank, how are you doing, my friend? It's a uh, good morning over there. Yeah, good morning. How are you all doing? Um, trying to enjoy the last weekend before uh, my TV's full schedule with uh, Premier League coming up next Saturday and football you know, preseason starts on Thursday with uh, most of the main games. Mm. 
Yeah, and how uh, you doing over there on the side yeah, of the pond? Yeah, no, we're good. The uh, I don't know if you just watched any of the Community Shields. Uh, as I say, you're obviously really into your, your Premier League. Uh, what, what team do you follow? Uh, I am a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Tottenham Hotspur fan. Okay, so obviously, uh, obviously Tottenham Hotspur uh, hosting the uh, Seahawks this season, and the was it Seahawks and the Raiders, isn't it? You're getting uh, yeah. That should be yes. quite exciting. It should be yes. Mm. The uh, although I did. Did see Arsenal fans throwing shade at Tottenham for the stadium looking like a toilet bowl. <laughs> they're just they're just bitter. They're just salty. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. You're. Uh... Well, they're just they're just trying to figure out how they're gonna explain finishing in fourth place again this season. No, that's it. I say for as a, as a, I don't know how long you've been a Tottenham fan for, Frank, but obviously you know, over the years it's been Arsenal fans giving shade to to Spurs about obviously finishing always below. But I think the uh, tide's somewhat turning. I think it is as well. I yeah. do. Yeah, so we're gonna obviously we'll talk about some. Uh, apparently, you have some some hot takes for us on the Premier League, um, but we'll, we'll get to we'll save the best bits for last for that uh, for the podcast. But um, let, let's um, let's bring it back, and obviously we're here to talk Dynasty. So do you just want to talk about you know what you do at F three Pod? Obviously, you're a writer there, uh, but also you know come back to to how you got into football. Uh, you know, if you play, obviously you write a lot, and you, you know obviously you're new. I've got you down as from New Orleans, so that makes you a Saints fan. It does, yes. Huge, huge Saints fan. Um, I wore a bag on my head when I was five when my dad and me had season tickets. Um, I've been through all the, the ups and downs with the Saints, um, all the good and all the bad. Mm. Mostly bad, mostly <laughs> bad. Yeah, uh, probably about, I want to say mid-June um, was when I really started. You know, I said, let me, let me try to get my, my foot into the door of, you know, riding for fans because – I played in fantasy league since I was about 14. Um, I I just I've always loved it. I always have hot takes, and my friends always, you know, in my home league, always give me give me uh, the business for for some of my takes and <laughs> some of the trades that I make that aren't always so hot. So I just started, you know, following certain people on Twitter, and then uh, I found Addison Hayes from the FF Statistics, and somehow, some way, we started playing Fortnite one night. And uh, Tyler uh, Gee, who is the uh, one of the founders of F3, well, jumped in our squad. We were playing Fortnite, and you know, I was we were talking fantasy, and I said I'd like to write for a fantasy podcast. Um, and he brought me on, and ever since then, it's just kind of taken off. Really, uh, I had like I've wrote three or four articles on mock drafts. Uh, I just had a baby in in July, oh, so July 10th we had a little boy. Nice. So um, I haven't actually. I don't think I an article in the last couple of weeks just being busy um, but I will start doing it soon here in uh, the next couple of weeks mm, it's, it's, I suppose it's hard to uh, to write an article when you've had no literally no sleep whatsoever yeah yeah <laughs> literally no sleep I was uh, I was up I went to a buddy's house last night for the UFC fights um, maybe had a little too much to drink and it was up you know two or three times with the baby last night so Oofed, rough. once this is uh, done recording I might go go take a, a midday see. nap uh, yeah I, I can imagine and to say yeah um yeah, so obviously the FF free, the F three pod there have quite a plethora of of writers. Is there, is there any particular area you particularly like writing about? Obviously, is it obviously Dynasty is a topic today, but is there any maybe? I, I, what I, I tend to find with American podcasts or NFL podcasts over there is they're quite statistical. Some of them are quite analytical. Maybe not so much over here because it's not obviously deep in our in our veins as as it obviously is over there. But um, do you have an, an area that you particularly like writing about, or do you have like a specific um, you know, fondness for for an area of fantasy football? Uh, I, I love 
Dynasty. Um, I do. I don't think I actually I don't think I've wrote a dynasty article yet. But the thing I love <laughs> doing the most is mock drafts. Okay. I love mock drafting. Yep. I do. Uh, started probably two weeks ago with uh, the midday mock drafts. Um, okay. And I tweet out a link and we do a sleeper bot mock and I just mm-hmm. change it up each day. Uh, we've been getting twelve people. Uh, it goes probably within half an hour. Yeah. Um, we 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 literally just mock. You know, I have a couple guys that are always in there. Um, sports book uh, is his username on sleeper body he's always in there with me yeah uh fog uh jerry bells he's so we got a couple guys that are always in there and then mm-hmm. probably about six or seven new guys each day yeah. and you could just get to you know see how your your mocks are going to go and what strategy you might want to use for your your lead this year yeah and i say we'll, we'll touch on a couple of those as, as we go through the pod but um yeah and i certainly uh, as we hit, we're now obviously in august a couple of days into august it's, it's draft season uh and then obviously before that obviously mock draft season i, I too am constantly on on mock drafts um you know all different types i mean so many different types of leagues this year i've had to had to do so many mock drafts but i think the the, the key to mock drafting is you kind of get a feel for where all the players are going and then you can you can see who's rising who's falling and then you know if you have an opinion you can then do you know what you need with that that information so obviously there's there's guys out there that are going to split opinions on you know reaching for them or letting them drop to you but um what um obviously uh, did i see right that you were in the scott fishbowl this year i am in scott fishbowl Mm -hmm. um so i got in um i am in the dennis reynolds division so I i don't think that's necessarily something that's particularly well known over here so I don't know if you just want to take a couple of words on on what that's all about obviously Scott Fish is essentially just raising money for good causes uh, over there in the, in the states but do you just want to give a kind of a gist of of what the, it's all about and kind of how you how you fared so we uh Scott this year he uh he originally was going to do 720 uh, 720 teams he uh he got so many people uh, that applied he moved it to 900 um and it's just a 12-team, you know, the way he sets it up is everybody's got in a 12-team league. It's um, no trades. Uh, you start – it's a super flex tight end premium league mm-hmm. with uh, point, uh, points for first downs as well. So uh, I, I went into it. I had the six pick. So uh, I knew that I wasn't going to have to, like, reach – on a lot of guys mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to miss out on, on one, you know, on some of the runs. Yeah. Uh, so I started with, with Kamara and then um, Kelsey fell to me in round two. And then I think I took Joe Mixon in round three. I don't think I took my first wide receiver until round eight. And I went wide receiver from like round eight to round 15 nice. and just filled up after I got, you know, my running backs yeah. and my, uh, I got cousins Cousins, Mariota, and Golf are my three quarterbacks. Wow. So I'm pretty good, happy with that. Yeah. Kamara, I got Kamara, Mixon, and uh, Kamara, Mixon, and Garrett Blunt. I think are my three running backs. Hmm. Yeah. And then I got you know a plethora of young wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, so like, so what I did notice on all the Scott Fish because I, uh, I followed it quite a lot. Uh, all the different people that I follow on Twitter and, you know, obviously all the industry guys that have been there as well. Quite a lot of – I'm surprised you got the quarterbacks. Obviously, if you went those first three picks, I'm quite surprised you managed to get a decent quarterback at round four or uh, obviously I don't know where you took them, but it seemed to be quite a lot of quarterbacks go off the board earlier, being a, obviously a Superflex league. Uh, it it was, um, but – and if, you know, you can go on fantasyinsiders.com and 
there, uh, those guys over there, they, they put everybody's team, all 900 teams in their system. Nice. So you can go and search anybody's name and, and find their team. Mm. Um, and some of them, QBs went, went early, early. You know, I saw Rodgers going in the top four. Yeah. Um, in my division, I don't think Rodgers – Rodgers didn't go to the middle of the second round, and Wilson didn't go to the end of the second round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knowing that, I, I kept, you know, I didn't want to reach. No. So I think I took golf in the fourth round and Mariota. No, Cousins in the fourth, golf in the fifth, and I think I took Mariota in the seventh. Wow. Yeah. Very very much like the uh, Mariota in the seventh there for, for that type of league. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, good luck, good, obviously, good luck with that. And uh, what is there, are there any prizes at the end of that, or is it just all for just donated to, to good causes, the, the, the funds? Uh, it, yeah, it's just donate. Well, yeah, I, I didn't touch on that. But Scott, um, really, um, he's doing it to raise money for, you know, toys for tots and, and charities for kids. Mm. Uh, and I think the first year he had, like, 7,000. Um, the year after that, he went to 15, and then it was at 20. And I think this year he's almost close to 45,000 mm, for yeah. for kids, mm. which is which is the things he does is amazing. Mm, yeah, very very um, admirable stuff, uh, Scott Fish. There. Okay, so let's let's um, let's go to Dynasty. Have you got any um, yeah any any misconceptions you find with Dynasty? Obviously, I'm I'm new to Dynasty this year, so although I know all about Dynasty and what it's all about, is there anything that you know people new to Dynasty kind of jump in too quickly and, and kind of what's what's the difference between Dynasty and Redraft that you need to kind of be looking out for when you when you start up? You know when you when you do a Dynasty startup, you know you're gonna you, you got to know that this is going to be your for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. You got to go into that mindset. So. And I, and I see a lot of people, you know, one thing that I like to do is is people don't necessarily take some of the older guys. Um, I, I, I've i done two dynasty startups this year um, that I've taken Larry Fitz in like round six. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's Larry Fitz. We know what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys don't want to take um, older running backs. You know, your Mark Ingrams, your LeGarrette Blunts, um, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and I just – don't shy away from value just because the guy may only have one more year left because this, it could be the year where you win the title, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Or if he's, you know, if, if say Larry, you take Larry Fitz in round six and he's, he's, you know, he's doing what Larry Fitz does and your team's not paying out like you thought you can trade him to a contender and get future picks mm. if you want. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a very nice segue actually into, into kind of future picks. So for those that don't really know much about dynasty, dynasty is a league where you do your draft. Um, sometimes it can be split into two. Uh, you can have your rookie, your rookie draft where you just draft the rookies and then all your veterans in, uh, after that in another separate draft, or you can have them all in, uh, all into one. So obviously if you have, have them all into one, it's going to take a bit longer. Uh, you tend to find that bench spots are usually are a bit deeper also in dynasty, but the, the, the main kind of, Selling point of Dynasty is obviously it's a multi-year league, so the players you draft you will keep every season until you either drop them on the waivers or you you know trade with other players. But also with with regards to the trade the trading, or you can also trade picks in future drafts. So say if you you start up this year, you can you know trade away next year's first round pick if you like to for for another player uh, and so on and so forth. I think you can probably do a couple of years into the future. But Frank, I just want to bring you in. Just want, do you just want to try and give a bit of um, accountancy of of kind of what what what's a first round pick say for next year kind of kind of worth? Who who would you expect in return for or you know how how do you value, you know, the, these different round picks in in futures for players? 
I, I'm definitely, you know, I, I would look if you're going to look in the trade when you, you know, your next, say, 2019's first round pick, um, I would go after guys like T.Y. Hilton or Doug Baldwin, guys that maybe didn't have a great year last year and they're falling to like the third or the fourth, fifth round of, of startups this year. Okay. Um, maybe not, you know, they're not super, super young, um, you know, but they have upside, they have high ceilings. Um, if you're, you know, if you're going to give up that first round pick, you know, you, you got to have something that you, that you believe, you know, a guy that can perform for you. Yeah. Okay. So, and obviously, you know, second round pick, um, I suppose it would be a couple of rounds later, so maybe what seventh, eighth, or ninth round pick in the draft would be a sec- maybe a second round pick. Yeah, even if you know, even if you wanted to say you're in your startup draft, right, and it's it's the fifth or say it's the sixth or seventh round, and there's a guy there that you want, and you're not picking for twelve or you know fourteen picks, man. Say you just made a pick, um, and there's a guy there that you know that won't make it back to you. Offer. You know, offer your second round pick next year for you know the seven oh three to go get a guy that you want. Mm. It's so, a dynasty league. You're not there's not going to be a lot of guys on free agency or on the waivers. Mm. So go get guys that you want in those six to ten to eleventh rounds. Mm. So that's that, that's how I do it. Obviously, if you if you are in a league where there are multiple players that are in dynasty for the first time. I suppose it's quite hard to kind of strike up a deal because people may overvalue a first round pick or, you know, a second round pick, etc. But I, I, from from your kind of assumption there, I assume something like a second round pick would get, say, a Rex Burkhead. Oh, yeah. If, if somebody offered me Rex Burkhead for my second round pick, I'm giving it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even though, even though they drafted, you know, Sonny Michelle this year and, and who knows what Belichick's going to do week to week with running backs. But yeah. You gotta uh, kind of expect like it, next year's the you know once you start doing rookie drafts, second round pick. I mean, sometimes you, you don't really know what you're getting. You're taking shots in the dark on guys. Yeah. So why not take a shot on a guy that that may you know get get some touchdowns, goal line carries in a New England offense. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose um, you know thinking second round picks this year are people like maybe what Anthony Miller. Um, who's the Naeem Hines I suppose they're all kind of second round picks and I think the, the thing is as well when you're trading future picks you don't really know you are not you don't know where you're going to be selecting in that round say if I give up a 2019 pick it, obviously if it goes on reverse reverse order of finishing uh, finishing record you, don't, you, you know you could be picking late you could be picking early just depends on obviously how that team does in the season so um, again you, you kind of have to take that into account as well Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I always shoot that I'm I'm winning every league that I'm gonna be in, so yeah. I'm always shooting that my first round pick's gonna be the one twelve. Yeah. Um. So that's how I kind of value it. Um, okay. But you never know. I mean, and I and I don't necessarily like to keep my in startup leagues. I like to keep my first two year picks because you're gonna draft. You know, if you if you go with a balanced, well balanced team, um, and you get some older guys and some younger guys that have upside, you don't necessarily are always gonna need those you know the first two years of rookie picks yeah um so i always you know i always value my rookie picks differently in startups okay than some people do yeah okay that, that, that kind of brings me on to an- another question then so how when you when you're drafting say you've got 20 rounds of drafting uh, you know say 11 starters and maybe a 10 bench or something what how what would you give as advice to trying to get a balanced team or is there a certain balance that you want you know do you want to go i said obviously you don't 
yeah, youth youth might be a way to go, but then there's, there's players out there like Larry Fitz or Marshawn Lynch to obviously don't shy away from. What what kind of is the right is the right blend for you, uh, or what kind of what what kind of advice would you give to listeners about doing a dynasty startup when you're um, you know doing your draft? So I would say, in the first couple rounds, first three to four rounds, take guys that you know are going to perform. Mm. Um, take the studs. Don't shy away. Um, you know, say if you're picking in the back end of the first, don't shy away from, you know, Odell or Mike Thomas or Keenan Allen just because you think you need to get a running back. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of guys that go running back early um, in dynasty leagues because yep. it's a, uh, the position's very uh, scarce. Mm. Don't, one advice I can give is don't do like you would in a redraft, a zero running back or a zero wide receiver draft or wait on um, tight end too, too long. Um, in redraft, that's fine because it'll be this season, and then you you know you're drafting again next off season. But in dynasty, if you go zero, say you go zero running back in a dynasty league, and you wait till round five or six to take your first running back, it's going to hinder you in the next coming years. Especially um, like next year is not a huge running back draft class. It's more based uh, a lot of wide receivers are coming in for 2019. Mm-hmm. So you, you always want to have a balanced team. Um, if say you do 20 rounds and it's 11 starters, if it's a you know say it's not a super flex league, I like to have you know two to three quarterbacks, maybe two vets that are starters and one one late round rookie guy like uh, Mason Rudolph or Kyle Luletta, um that has a chance to start in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I like to have like six six running back six to seven running backs, seven to eight wide receivers, and two to three tight ends. Really. Okay. Nice. And um, yeah, so. That's obviously yeah, obviously how to draft. But so, are there any maybe any, any other tips that you can give the guys uh, about about dynasty at all? Maybe about uh, like say there, don't go zero running back or zero wide receiver because it can kind of hinder you. But one, one question actually, I do have Frank is is do you kind of look at college classes a year or two ahead? Like you say there, there's this more of a wide receiver class last year. Do you, does obviously dynasty kind of lend itself into being more interested in, into the college game? Yeah, it does. Um... I find that if you can try to, uh, you know, there, and there's plenty of articles out there of like guys that do Devi, um, yeah. de- uh, de- developmental um, rankings and stuff, and you can look going into next season and see that okay, um, next season's a good wide receiver class, and in two years the quarterbacks are going to be there's going to be a few quarterbacks coming out, so you can kind of try to plan ahead a little bit with your rookie picks and uh, and set yourself up to know, you know, maybe if. Say say next year if next year was going to be like this year's quarterback class, yeah, you know where you got five five guys that can go in the first round. Hmm. Maybe maybe you don't take a chance on any any young quarterbacks this year. You, you know you take two vets, um, and then you load up in the other positions. And then next year in the rookie draft, maybe you go two quarterbacks in the first two rounds. Who knows? Yeah. You just got to try to always have a plan for yourself. Don't wing it in a dynasty league. No, I, I find that if you try to wing it in a dynasty league. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Are there any any other tips there that you any golden nuggets that you can give the the listeners there, or are we are we out of tips? Go go get go get your guy if you want him. Say, you know, Manny Sanders is ADP right now is is round eight. If you're there in round seven, you love Emmanuel Sanders this year, and for next year, um, with Case Keenum and the possibility of of whoever's gonna if they don't keep Keenum next season, yeah, go get him. Yeah, like my guy this year in dynasty leagues is Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, mm. I know nobody, you know, he, he hasn't really, you know, ex- excelled in the game yet, 
but he's moving to Jacksonville this year. They don't have like a stud stud wide receiver. They got rid of Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, they're gonna, you know, Blake Bortles isn't the most um, efficient quarterback in real life, but for fantasy, he does fine. Um, yep. And I think ASJ is a, a a huge red zone target for them that they run the play action with Fournette. So if ASJ is there in round 11, but his ADP is round 14, mm. take a shot on him. That's what I've been doing. You know, yeah. I've been grinding around 11 and 12 to make sure I get the guys that I want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cause I've, I've, quite a lot of drafts that I've been in. I've, I've not even seen uh, Sferon Jenkins go off the board. And um, he's actually still quite young. It feels like he's been around the year, the league for years, obviously, with the Jets last year. And obviously, he had all the troubles, uh, off-the-field troubles in Tampa Bay. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's only, I think he's only still 24, 25. He's still got a good four or five years still left in him. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's very much a, a sleeper picker at tight end position. Um, especially for Dynasty as well, I say he'll he'll get he'll get enough. Uh, I mean the tight the tight end positions are dumpster fire anyway. So um, you know he uh, uh, Austin Sverian Jenkins is as good as as, as anyone else. Um, so yeah, talking about obviously players that you obviously like uh, in start startups this year. Are there any other players that you know have immediate impact appeal? Obviously, no points for 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 picking Saquon Barkley, but um, anyone anyone else there that you you quite like? So I think. I think Geis yeah. um, is going to be – I think Geis is finished as an RB1 this year. Yeah. I honestly do. Yeah. Um, Chris Thompson already came out and said he's not going to be 100% till sometime in November. Yeah. Um, he told – you know, he, he had an interview. Yeah. Geis can catch the ball. He did it at LSU. Yeah. Um, he, he had the most yards per carry um, behind Bo Jackson in SEC history, and that was with – I'm an LSU fan. <laughs> we didn't have any kind of passing game last year. They were filling the box. And he was getting six yards of carry on eight-man boxes. Um, I, I think I think uh, Gallup in Dallas, um, he's going to take Phil into the Des role. Uh, I, I love Alan Hearns. I really do. I, I think that's a good pickup for them. But I think Gallup's going to be the guy that, that builds a, a repertoire with Dak for the next couple of years. Mm. Um, DJ Moore, uh, I think they both – him and Gallup both have a chance – to become the number one wideouts for their team. I, I'm not totally sold on Devin Funches um, in Carolina. Yep. So I think DJ Moore could, could get a good uh, good flow going with Cam, um, even though I'm a Saints fan. And I hope <laughs> both of them – I hope Cam doesn't even throw for 2,000 yards this year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they go 0-16, right? <laughs> um, and then, you know, you got your studs. Uh, you got your guys in the back. Like, I've been trying to pick up uh, – Rosen and, and Christian Kirk in Arizona because I think Kirk will fill in once Larry Fitz goes um, in that slot pretty well. Yeah, um, I've been trying to pick up Baker because I think he's got a legit shot to to turn that, the Browns around with you know the weapons that they put around him. Mm. Um, uh, do you think Baker Mayfield starts a couple of games this season, or do you think Tyrod plays all sixteen? I think it depends on how it goes. I think if Tyrod they go out um, and they lose, you know, say they're they're one in four, one in three after the first quarter of the season. I think you see Baker come in and, mm-hmm. and and play and see, you know, why you spent the number one pick on him. Yeah. And I understand, you know, letting him sit and learn. But if Tyrod's not doing it, they have, they've only won one game yeah. in the last 32. <laughs> you know, and I understand not trying to throw him to the wolves, but. You're not throwing. I, I don't think you're throwing them to the woods because you're not putting them out there game one. No. But if you give them, you know, three or four or five weeks during the season to, to learn how to read, read the defense and see how the in week stuff goes, I think he has a shot to, to do well this year. 
Yeah, no, certainly. Um, yeah, obviously, just going back to your, a couple of your, your players there, Christian Kirk, I think, is a very sneaky um, sleeper pick, especially for Dynasty as well. Like I say, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's likelihood is he's not going to be there past past 2018, uh, and someone someone there has got to be has got to catch the ball. And Christian Kirk was obviously picked quite high up uh, in the draft by uh, Arizona. So yeah, I certainly like Christian Kirk um, as a you know he he's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, especially all the leagues that I'm in. So I'm quite happy um, about that. I'm I'm glad that. Um, you haven't been hating on the my Cowboys. Uh, that's almost that's, that that gives you a ticket back onto the podcast at some point in the future, Frank. But uh, nice, are there, nice. <laughs> are there any 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 rookies that, that you think from the from this class that could be proved to be a bust? Yeah, uh, it, it, it might be a little bit of hot take with both of these guys. Oh, uh, like but it. I do not actually all three of the guys that I'm going to tell you. I don't like Rashad Penny. Okay. One, you're not going to convince me that that offensive line has got a thousand times better. No. Um, I don't like Sony Michelle because one, he was he was fumbling a lot last week in practice. I think he fumbled three times, and we know how Bill does not put up with that. Nope. They've got they got James White and Burkhead and Jeremy Hill. Don't let, I mean I know Jeremy Hill hasn't done anything in the last couple of years, but he was a RB you know one or two yeah. for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and then he just got hurt. So he's, he's missing his rookie training camp and pre- he's going to miss most of the preseason, they said. Yeah. Um, so who knows what he does this year? Mm. You know, uh, does he fit into the Dion Lewis role? I don't think so. I think they put, you know, if he's going to fumble, I think they're going to trust James White with that more than they trust him this year. Um, and I don't think as much as I like Josh Allen, the situation in Buffalo is not a good situation. Like, no. They don't. Benjamin, he, he didn't. Kevin Benjamin didn't start till he was a senior at Florida State. Um, I know he just came out and, and tried to tell, say something about Cam, um, but I, I, we played him twice every year, and Kevin Benjamin is not a stud wide receiver. No. Um, McCoy, McCoy's probably retiring after this year. Even if he plays this year, who knows what's going on with with his allegations. Um, with his investigation, yeah. Uh, so I, I just I think Josh Allen, he's in the the league maybe one or two more years, and then we may never hear from him again. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Sonny Michelle's a funny one. It's quite funny, actually, his story of the draft. I think it was the day on, the, on draft day, round one, or maybe the day before, there was obviously stories coming out about his knees. And, not, and everyone was kind of taking that as a, as a smokescreen by New England to make sure he obviously fell to them. To then get a knee injury and have a, a procedure taken out on his knee, I thought was actually quite ironic um, that that happened. But yeah, he's obviously had fumbling issues as well. I, Rex Burkhead is another one that I quite like. Um, for the next for the next couple of years, uh, I think Bill Bill and the, the Patriots trust him. He's kind of a gadget back. He can be spread around the field, especially in the red zone. He's going to be the red zone guy, I think, this season for for New England. So I much rather have have him over Michelle. And you can get Rex Burkhead in you know sixth, seventh, eighth rounds, uh, whereas Michelle's going you know third, fourth. Uh, but obviously it will drop now due to the injury stuff. But um, so you'll, you'll probably see Burkhead rise. But I still, again, you know. In a, in a vacuum, if they're both in the sixth round, I'd still take Burkhead over over Michelle. Oh yeah, all day. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I think I think you Burkhead would be a very solid running back too this year. Yeah, I no. think he's going to get the goal on work. Um, he he did somewhat last year when he came back from you know weeks. I think it was like weeks nine through twelve or ten through thirteenth or whatever when he came yeah. back from his injury and he was fully healthy. Yeah, he was he was a decent running back too last year. Mm. And if you can pick up. 
three stud wide receivers and a, and a running back in the first four rounds, and he's sitting there in round five, mm. why not take a chance on him? Yeah, you know, no, absolutely, totally, totally agree with that. Um, just a, I didn't put this on the on the rundown frame, but just a couple of players I wanted your your opinion on. Just going to put you on the spot a little bit, but um, Kirion Johnson uh, is a guy that I've been denied about a little bit uh, this season. Obviously joined the Lions. The Lions backfield's never been kind of a, a, a goldmine uh, for for running back production. Just look at Amir Abdullah. But obviously they've brought in Garrett Blunt as well. Obviously, which you say is a guy that you kind of like because you took him in uh, your your Scott Fishbowl draft there. But what yeah, what's your opinion on on Kirion Johnson this season? Uh, I don't think this is the year. Uh, they got LeGarrette Blunt. Matt Patricia came over. He yeah. knows what Blunt can do. Yeah. He was with, you know, Patricia in New England. Um, Theo Riddick's the pass catching back. There's no doubt about that. No. Um, Theo Riddick might be one of the, you know, top pass catching backs in the league if he can be healthy. Yeah. So I think after the Abdullah experiment, I think what they'll do is they'll kind of like work carry on in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's worth where he's going at all in drafts. Um, I, I think it's crazy to take him when there's Blunt and Riddick there. Um, okay. And Detroit's a passing team. Stafford wants yeah. to get back there and sling it. He's going to throw it. He might throw it 600 times this year. Yeah. You know, so the, the volume's not there for him to be splitting with Blunt and not to be playing on third downs if Riddick's healthy. Mm. Okay, so just before we move on to 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 the to the real game, is there any any uh, predictions? Say if you take uh, each position, are there any players there that you think will maybe have the longest relevance? Obviously, you say Josh Allen there in, in Buffalo is uh, is a no no and is a bit of a red flag. The, the players out of this year's class, do you just want maybe want to give one or two players from each position who you think will probably be the the you know relevant for the longest in in fa- uh, fantasy? Yeah, so quarterback for this year. Um... I'm, I'm going with. If we're going, I'll go strictly. You know, I'll try to. I'm gonna do this strictly rookies yep. for this year. Yep. If you're doing your startup draft. Yep. Um, Baker, and Rosen are my two quarterbacks that I think will have the, the the most production. Um, Lamar Jackson may give you a couple good years, but with the running around that he does, can he stay healthy? Yeah. You know, um, could he? Does he turn into the next RG three or is he the next Russell Wilson? Mm. You know. Uh, running back, um, Darius Geis, I uh, I love obviously, uh, and then I like I like Royce Freeman a lot this year in Denver, okay. um, with Keenum and the wide receivers they got, and then that defense, um, I think that defense is very uh, it's still very good. Uh, even uh, Vance Johnson came out and said that Von Miller can't go full full 100% in practice because if he does, he he kills the practice which should tell you something how scary that guy is. <laughs> so if, if they got leads, um, I think Royce Freeman, I don't believe in the Devontae Booker uh, hype at all. Okay. Wide receivers, obviously, uh, Michael Gallup taking over the dead spot and you know growing up with Zeke and, and Dak in, in that offense and yep. with that O-line. Um, and I love Anthony Miller. I think you know Allen Robinson on one side, they brought Trey Burton in, and they got Howard and Cohen, and I think Anthony Miller could, could be a very good wide receiver mm. um, this year. Mm. And then tight end is uh, my my rookie tight end that I've been grabbing is Hayden Hurst. Okay. Um, we saw what Todd he you know did in Baltimore. Uh, we saw what Ben Watson did last year in Baltimore. Hayden Hurst. Um, they took him in the first round. So and he's not going extremely high, like nice. which what baffles me sometimes that yep. that people aren't taking him. So uh, Hayden Hurst is probably my tight end. Okay. What do you think about uh, Mike Gesicki? Mike Gesicki's one um, obviously the Miami Dolphins. Uh, 
tight end. He he's a guy that I didn't really kind of think too much about, but last week or so he's uh, watched a bit of uh, training camp action. Obviously, you're always going to look good in in training camp, but he's a kind of a guy that I've I've come around to quite a lot and uh, quite a lot, and he should be he should have quite an immediate impact this year. I'd have thought, judging by that that offense. Yeah, I think I think he will. Um, you know, Tannehill, they lost Jarvis Landry, so what is that, 160 or whatever, however many targets Jarvis Landry was getting. Yeah. Um, they lost that. Um, the running game with, with Drake and, um, and Ballage uh, should be okay. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, worldly, mm-hmm. a worldly running back combo. Yeah. Um, and I think – I think with Parker and, and Stills on the outside, who Stills is a burner, and Devontae's, you know, your tall kind of possession guy, I don't see why um, why he can't be a, a factor. Mm. I don't think he's going to jump into the tight end, like, 10 conversation, the top no. 10 conversation. No. Um, but I could definitely see him, you know, 12 or 13th. Yeah. A, a low-end tight end one, high-end tight end two. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Dynasty is for for Dynasty. I think he's he's a really good pickup. I say, like I say, I'm not not expecting great thing, overly great things from him this year. It usually takes you know historically looking at the data, taking away Evan Ingram from last season, but it takes a couple of years for them to kind of get adjusted and and get set. But I certainly think Mike Gazicki uh, could be one of the best uh, tight ends of of this class. But yeah, no, I certainly agree with you with the. Um, Hayden Hurst pick. Obviously, they took Mark Andrews as well, uh, and obviously, we know what Baltimore does and Joe Flacco does with with tight ends. So again, yeah, you're not you're not going to go too far wrong Joe there. Flacco. I know. Yeah. Tell me about it. I know. I know. He. Um, how how that? I guess when you win Super Bowls, you get. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on him for his contract he got, but if you look at his stats since the Super Bowl, like what West. is he? he West and everything. He's so inconsistent. <laughs> Since since he got that contract, he's been absolutely awful. And do, do you think Lamar Jackson starts this year at all? Say it again. I'm sorry. Do, do you think Lamar Jackson will start again? Uh, will start a game this season? I think he doesn't start necessarily. Right. But they put him in. Mm. He may he may come in and they you know they may he may play the like the wildcat role. Okay. Which which is scary if they put him in that situation. If they if they work it out right and they put him in the wildcat role. It's not like Miami's Wildcat. No, you know, he no. can throw still. Yeah, yeah. Even if Flacco's out there wide and he just stands there, you still got guys running that. You, it, we've seen what he can do in college. He mm. can run with yeah. his legs, and he's he's shifty. So, I don't think he starts unless Flacco gets hurt this season. Okay. I definitely think Flacco's gone after this year. Yeah. Um. But but he he is. He, I do see that he has some potential. For, not maybe not for fantasy to start him. In fantasy, yeah, um, but he does have potential for for the next couple of years if he can stay healthy. Mm. The final question before we move on to to NFL is: is kickers? Do you, do you advocate? You're an advocate of kickers in in dynasty? No, no, not at all. No, no. I think I think kickers kickers aren't. Um, uh, you know, they're not. I don't. I don't see that them as NFL players. No. Um, this is my thing, right? You spend all this research. Everybody, all these analysts, all over Twitter, everything, do research on quarterbacks and running backs and tight ends and yeah. IDP and wide receivers and yeah. and everything. And then you got a guy that picks up Justin Tucker. Baltimore can't put the ball in the end zone, so Tucker gets five field goals in a game. Yeah. And then you lose your fantasy week by, uh, by eight points because yeah. Justin Tucker got 15, 18 points, depending on if your league does you know four points and five points for 40 and 50-yard field goals. Yeah. And – I don't. I don't believe in in kickers, and I don't believe in team defenses in dynasty. I don't think there there's a spot. I don't, I don't think they should be um, on fantasy rosters. No. 
It's too the, – it's not – like IDP is fine, but team defense. Yeah. If you want to do defensive mind in your fantasy, go IDP yeah. on the IDP side. And, you know, you can re, you can listen to the pod you did with Sam um, if you're – you know, for reasons why you should do IDP and, and good IDP players. Nice plug. Very nice plug. Very professionally done there, Frank. Yeah, no, kickers um, kickers shouldn't shouldn't be in, in any, any form of – uh, fantasy football again in my opinion it's just uh, it's a high volatile uh, high volatility type of scoring you can't you know there's no it's not as even if you can pick guys that are in domes I, d- I did an article a couple of weeks back um, on on just kickers over the last couple of years and there's no you know there's no you can't you can't research it you just have to pick you know the only the only thing I, I brought from the uh, the article was just to pick kickers on on high scoring offenses but then like you say there Justin Tucker Baltimore can't score touchdowns and you know Chris Boswell was another one for Pittsburgh a couple of years ago where he's you know in the, I think in the playoffs they won a game where he just kicked five field goals and it's just it's just ridiculous and yeah but also with, with Boswell also I mean they go for two it, yeah. it ruins his extra point value yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. And say trying to predict that week to week um, through players that you know essentially you know, they don't for fantasy that just don't really matter. Obviously, they're really important on on the NFL side of things. But to have to to lose a game where you know you've 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 set all your right wide receivers, you've picked the right you know the um, the optimum team to then get beat by you know a Monday night football kicker who's kicked fifteen points is just the most excruciating thing you can go through as a, as a fantasy uh, fantasy GM. But um, yeah, and I just want to get your thoughts. So a little on that. story. Little story last year uh, in my home league, it's a redraft home league. Um, and, you know, my buddies and us get together. We watch Red Zone yeah. on Sundays. And last year, I was with my buddy Luke, and he owned Greg Zerline. When Zerline, he had like 28 fancy points. And the dude had the biggest, goofiest grin on his face all day. In the group, in the group, me of the, of the league, the guy he was playing was like, you know, just F this and cursing and couldn't believe it and yeah if your kicker puts up 30 points like quarterbacks don't put up 30 points every week like yeah. for your kicker to put up 28 points like that gives you so if you lose that week there's something wrong with you i yeah. can tell you that yeah no absolutely yeah no i t- totally agree and i say for any of you out there that haven't seen the uh the article and they just uh, head over to the website full 10 yards forward slash blog and i think it's uh, the article's called it's coming dome um, so yeah, check very much check that out. Okay, Frank. So let's move on to um, the real NFL now. And obviously, being a, a Saints fan, what what? How do you feel the uh, the Saints will get on this season? You want my my fan opinion or my my honest opinion? <laughs> Have a, do do a bit of both. So tough, my tough, fan tough opinion division. is we're going nineteen and zero, winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Drew Brees rides off into the sunset. My honest opinion is I think we'll win the division again. Um, our defense, you know, if everybody in training camp around here, all the articles I'm reading and all, everything, our defense is is looking scarier than it was last year. Okay. Um, they said Marcus Williams has, has took what happened in the, uh, the playoff game. Yeah. He's used it as fuel. Um, and he looks better. He looks leaner. He's faster. Um, we got Lattimore. Uh, we got Ken Crawley as shutdown corners. Our linebackers are back. We picked up Demario Davis, um, who's a who's a stud. We drafted Davenport to go on the other side of Cam Jordan. Um, what did you think? What did, what did you think of that pick? Because obviously you traded away next year's first round. So for I was Marcus nervous Davenport. because when we traded up, we traded up, and I was nervous because I thought it was going to be Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson yeah. And and I did not. Not that I don't think he he would be good, but 
I think you got Drew Brees for another Bombay one or two years, yeah. and I wanted them to pick a defensive player that could help us. And I thought they were going to go corner because, um, you know, a couple of those corners were slipping at the time. Yeah. And when they took Davenport, um, I didn't really know much about him, but after doing research, um, I think he'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. If he can – if him and Rankins um, can just take, you know, a blocker each and it leaves Cam where Cam, they can't double-team Cam like a lot of teams were doing at the end of the year last year. You know, Cam, he constantly gets 10 sacks, you know, 10 or more sacks a year. He's a pro bowler. Um, I think it's going to be very scary for, for teams to play our defense. And then and on the other end, if if you can't score on our defense, you're, you're not going to be able to keep up with Drew in the offense, you know. Yeah, what do you, what do you make of uh, kind of a couple of storylines going into the season? Obviously, it would be Mark Ingram's four-game suspension and uh, Cameron Meredith obviously coming over in free agency um, as well. How, what, what, um, how do you think those kind of storylines will play out? Do you, what do you reckon will um, first four seasons, first four weeks of the season, obviously without without Ingram, do you, do you think who who will kind of fit in there? So I think Kamara is going to take most of it, um, and I see a lot of people on Twitter, and they're like, Kamara is not going to be able to keep up what he did last year. You know this and that. Kamar didn't play most of the first three games until after we got rid of Adrian Peterson. Yeah. And then Kamara came in and started doing what he was doing. Yeah. Um, I think Kamara, he showed last year he can run in between the tackles, he can run outside, he can catch the ball. Uh, I think it'll be a mix between you know Jonathan Williams and Terrence West. Um, the Boston Scott kid that we drafted, he he's a good pickup in Dynasty Leagues. Okay. Um, because I, I, I think Ingram's gone after this year. I don't think we re-signed Ingram. Yeah. And – they did a lot of comparisons between Boston Scott and Darren Sproles. They had almost similar, um, almost mirrored uh, times for the combine. Okay. So I think, you know, him and Kamara, I think they got them as the uh, the future at the running back position. But mm-hmm. I think Kamara, Kamara can run between the tackles. And you saw it last year. He had 800 yards, yeah. you know, rushing. And, or not 800 rushing, but he, he showed last year that he can run – the ball so i think we'll be fine in that aspect okay. um meredith i think you know what he proved that he could do in in chicago with with jay cutler i think is good yeah. um i think he's gonna actually fit more they may play him more in the slot okay um mike thomas mike thomas is a beast um yeah. and if you see any you know i know it's just training camp hype but if you see any of the videos on his one-on-one drills he's just he's burning every everybody and anybody that they try to cover him uh they said he looks a thousand times better than he did last year, which is scary because he set the record for most catches in the first two years of a, of a wide receiver's mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Um, we got Ted Ginn. We drafted Traycon Smith. Um, so those are two burners. Yeah. Uh, we got Ben Watson back, and yeah. you know we saw what he did last year. So I think uh, I think Meredith will fit in just fine. Drew Drew's going to spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. He's going to get guys who are open the ball. He's going to throw guys open. Yeah. And if Meredith is healthy and his knee's fine, and uh, you know if I think he's he'll be a good um, a good wide receiver too for us. Mm. Yeah, Ben Watson's uh, an interesting one. He's he's a guy that I've circled um, for for redraft leagues. I think he'll be very much a week one or a week two waiver wide pickup if he goes undrafted. But he's a guy that I'm I'm throwing a dart at last pick of my draft because I just think. You know, Ben Watson's been there before. Obviously, you've, everyone's seen what he's done in, in Baltimore. Yes, he's he's 50 years old, but I just certainly think that there's some appeal there as a... Uh, I'm not going to say shoot for the stars, but, he, you know, in that offense there, Benjamin Watson's going undrafted. He's a guy that I'm picking up. 
Yeah, me too, definitely. I've been throwing stabs at him in, you know, the round 15th or 16th of redrafts and and the later rounds in Dynasty. Because if he gives you one good year, you know, if you pick him up in round 18 of a Dynasty league and he gives you the year that he gave two years ago when he was with us, when he had, you know, 700 yards and six touchdowns, seven touchdowns, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, between some of the other tight ends that he's going around, it's more the production than two or three of them may give you combined. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I say he's um, given away, given away some of my tactics, but uh, but that's the that's the that's the downside of having a podcast. But yeah, Ben Ben Watson's a guy that I I quite like. And I say if if he doesn't work out, say maybe four or five weeks in, he's not doing kind of what you want him to. You, just, you know, you're not, you, know, you haven't lost any draft capital. It's not as dark as he's a fourth, fifth round pick. Do you know what I mean? So you can just drop him and and stream in stream position if you if you need to, but. Um, yeah. Okay. So, are there any other teams? Obviously, the NFC South is is quite a competitive one this season. I quite like the Falcons myself, uh, as well as the Saints. I do think two teams will come um, from from this division into the playoffs this season. But are there any any other teams in the NFC that are, are you know you feel are more con, more contenders this year? Uh, um, the Rams and the Vikings, just like last year. The Rams got better on defense. Yep. Um, Stacked on defense. They signed the two. They signed Peters and Tlaib and Sue and. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald's not in camp yet, which is which is not good for them because he's argued. I think he's the best defensive player on the defensive line in the league. Yeah. Um, and the Vikings, you know, I'm very very big on on Cousins um, this year and on Rudolph. I think Rudolph finishes the tight end one overall over Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz. Um, that's my big hot take for the season. Uh, I think Cousins finishes the top three quarterback, um, and. I hope that somehow, some way, we don't have to see him in the playoffs or have to go to Minnesota. Um, it was a great – the playoff game we played on last year was – you know, we didn't do so hot in the first half, but we came back and we we had the game won yep. if it wasn't for that fluke play last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the two teams I'm really worried about in the NFC. Okay. So are there any uh, – and obviously AFC side as well, you can comment if you want, but are there any dark horses that you think that may surprise people this year? So the AFC, uh, so what I think the I think it's going to be the Saints and the Rams in the NFC Championship, and I think it's going to be the Chargers and the Jags in the AFC Championship. Okay. Um, I think I think it'll be Saints Chargers in the Super Bowl. Uh, I've said it since the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Chargers this year, uh, the defense is going to be better than it was last year, and and I think their offense is capable enough to get them over the hump. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, Sh- uh, Schottenheimer's not there anymore, so they can't go 14 and two and then lose their first playoff game like they did for those couple of years. <laughs> uh, I think I think the Giants this year with with Odell healthy and Evan Ingram and and getting Barkley, I think they're a dark horse to uh, to do something in the NFC East. Mm. Um, if the Lions can put something together, they have talent. Um, if they can get into the playoffs, they're scary. And then I think the Broncos will get back into the playoffs. I think. You know they'll finish in the wild card, or they maybe even the Chargers get the wild card. I think those are the two teams coming out of the AFC West, and then uh, I think the Titans are going to win that division this year. You know, as much as people love the Jags and Bucks coming back, and in Houston, I think Tennessee will win a division, and Jacksonville get the wild card spot. Hmm. Yeah, I like Tennessee. Uh, I, I backed Tennessee last year, uh, but I think it may have been maybe a year or so early on that one. Yeah, Saints Chargers obviously was a game that obviously we, we had over here on the international series. Um, was one of the, I think it was the first game I went to actually uh, over over here. Saints Chargers, what game it was as well with obviously Breeze Breeze through. Uh, 
through a, was it through a safety, didn't he? He went back towards the end of the game and, and threw the uh, ball out of the end zone. I think to, to to waste some time, if my memory serves me correctly. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think he did. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, the only reason I remember that is because it cost me a bet because I had a winning margin bet and I think it the two oh. points killed killed my uh, winning, <laughs> winning margin bet but um, not bitter or anything but we'll, um, we'll we won't talk any more about that um, Frank before we uh, we get you we get you away uh, obviously you're a, a Tottenham Hotspur fan so I've been what what are your uh, Premier League hot takes for this season do you have do you have a couple there so I think I think. Uh... I think Chelsea falls out the top four. I think they're uh, with the new coach, and yeah, they're making moves. But you know, Chelsea's always uh, hot or cold for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I think they'll fall out top four. I think. I think the top four this year will be it'll be Man City. Will probably I think Man City. They're just too talented not to win the league again. Yeah. Um, I think Man City, Tottenham, uh, Liverpool, and Man U finish in the top four. Okay. And I think I think I'm calling it right now. Everton is going to get relegated. Everton. I think Everton's going to finish in the bottom three, oh, really? and they'll go down to to the championship wow, for next season. Any uh, is that just a hot, is that just uh, your your gut feels, or is there any substance behind that? No, I uh, just uh, gut feels. You know, don't. Yeah, Pickford's. You know, Pickford's good. Uh, I just don't see how they have enough. You know, to to sustain um, a good team this year. Uh, I, I'm not really in love with with Sigurdsson. He didn't perform too too well last year. No. Um, you know, and they lost Rooney, who really was one of their main goal scorers. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, is that is that um, just the, the top one from your hot take draw, or is there any any more in there? Are you planning to come over over to the Tottenham Stadium at some point, or? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, I was actually in the Navy um, okay. and yeah, for five years, from 2009 to 2014. So, so I visited. Uh, you know, I've been in every country in Europe, uh, just on deployments, and I actually got. It was Ace Milan versus somebody um, when we were in when we were in Italy um, one year. Okay. Um, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to. Me and a couple of buddies already have our. Uh, our World Cup plans to go to Houston for a couple games okay. when it comes to uh, North America. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, tomorrow, uh, me and my buddies, we play in a Premier League fantasy. Um, it's not like the actual app. We do it on Fantrax, so we draft our team. Yeah. Um, you got waivers and stuff, so that drafts tomorrow evening. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I love I love Premier League. Yeah. I get up. It's it's uh, usually 6:30. It starts here. Yeah. The first game, um, and I'm up every Saturday watching. Uh, we I absolutely love it. Nice. Uh, who's who? Who's have you got some favorite players there? Uh, I do. I I love I love uh, De Bruyne. I think he's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love obviously I love uh, Deli Alley um, and Harry Kane. Nice. And then uh, Lukaku is one of my favorites as well, just because uh, I think he how dominant he is and how strong he is, and you saw that, that in the World Cup. Mm. You know. He was for Belgium. He was just holding the ball up and yeah. letting guys Hazard and, and De Bruyne and, and Mertens and everybody else just run up with him, mm. and then they were just going on the attack. He's just he's he's so talented. Mm. Cool. Well, I say enjoy. It. Obviously, the season starts uh, Friday. I suppose uh, I think Tottenham may be playing Saturday. I think I don't know who Tottenham are playing. Uh, 
opening up. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the season. Obviously, I'm I'm more looking forward to the American football season, so I'm uh, giving up for the pre-season and obviously giving up for fantasy football as well. But uh, Frank, Frank, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. And say so if anyone wants to look at uh, some of Frank's work, you can obviously get that at uh, the Fantasy Football Franchise, uh, or you can get Frank on Twitter at at Frank underscore Scanduro, that's S-C-A-N-D-U-R-R-O, but I'll obviously tweet that out to all of you as well. Um, Frank, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, looking forward to all the future podcasts you have and uh, hopefully coming back on soon, maybe sometime um, mid-season and yeah. talk about what's going on with Scott Fish and uh, yep. with our teams and and Premier League and everything. It yeah. was good talking to you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, have you on during the season. I can tell you how bad um, I'm, I'm getting on a, a dynasty. Maybe you can point me in the right direction, maybe. But um, yeah, until next time, mate, you take, you take care of yourself and we'll, we'll speak soon. All right, man. Frank Scandero there with Dynasty Chat. Coming up on the uh, in the on the podcast next week, we'll be having all of our Britball podcasts. So we'll be talking to head coaches and players, just give to give you a bit of focus on the Britball game and what it's like to be an American football player or American football coach over here in this country. Looking for a bit further ahead, um, Scotland uh, NFL podcast uh, at NFL Scotland are hosting uh, an event on the first weekend over at the Golf Tavern. Very much recommend you check out their Twitter for uh, how to get tickets on that. It's a ticketed event. I think it's a very nominal amount of money to get involved there. Um, I think it starts from about 4 o'clock and obviously we'll incorporate all of the week one action. Back to us though. Um, If you haven't seen them already, we've been, me, myself and, uh, not Irene, Lee Wakefield have been doing some articles uh, breaking down the divisionals uh, this year. So last week was AFC. This week will be NFC. Uh, I think NFC North will be the first one to go up, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, I also did an article for uh, Give Me Sport NFL uh, with my thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys, so check my Twitter timeline out on there at at full 10 yards to get a look at what I think the Cowboys will be like next season. Currently in the process of putting some plans together for what the what the podcast will look like during the season. Uh, very excited into in what it can, it will be. Uh, got loads of different guests it's going to be loads of little different segments all put together and uh, hopefully will be an entertaining show for you just want to say thank you so much for joining us on this podcast if you like us please subscribe rate review share let's get a bit of following so we can get uh, you know hoping to get a few more guests on if you want to come on to the show give us a shout on twitter or you can email us at full uh, yards at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the show, you want to get your questions in, or maybe you want to introduce the show like Frank did uh, today, head over to VoiceByte. They've got an app, or you just look out for some links uh, on our social media, and in a couple of clicks, you can submit a 15-second or up to 15-second voice message, and we will play the best ones on the show. But that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Only just the one this week, but don't don't worry. There will be plenty of podcasts next week, which will all be Britball. Uh, focused uh, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show 
full10yards at gmail.com.